episode with the co-founders and owners of Volando Tequila. This is a company that I've been a part of for some time now. I take all of their amazing photos. Um, not biased, they are amazing. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I really wanted to share more about Volando because it is so big um, for me and it's such a huge part of what I do. And I thought, who better to explain it than these guys? Um, so we go into, you know, what Volando is, kind of the, the background of the business, how it was built um, and a little more about these three individuals as well. Um, there's a little bit of audio feedback. This was kind of a part international, part Australian Zoom call with four of us on it. So um, please be patient. It is a great episode and I hope you love it. Thank you so much. We put a hand up? Or? No. <laughs> All right. Oh, Hello, guys. We are chatting with Jess, Jesse and Shane. They are the founders and co-owners of Volando Tequila, which I think most of you know I've been a part of for a few years now. Um, but I think a lot of people who listen and um, know me don't actually know too much about Volando. So that's why I wanted to record this to kind of share a little bit more about everything and who better to explain it all than the co-owners and founders. So first of all, what is Volando? Oh, that, that, that's a tricky one. And it depends who you ask. I think we've all got a different take on, on sort of how we got here and probably what it means to each of us. And I, I think, Shane, I, I'll let you kick off the story because really you sort of um, kicked this whole thing off with a logo in our, in our US office some six or seven years ago now. Yeah, it was a, um, I guess it all comes back to where you are in your life, I guess, sometimes. And um, construction can be a little bit, um, I guess, draining on your life sometimes and um got to a point where i was like okay what's next after after construction and i'm a graphic designer sort of self-taught i like to play around logos and whatnot and um sort of saw that there was a bit of a trend happening in australia when it comes to mexican restaurants and whatnot and went back to the us this was over there jesse was over there and um, i was mucking around with this logo and jesse happened to see it he said what's that and then sort of I said, look, it's, um, I said, it's a, a logo for a, potentially a tequila brand. Um, and as that sort of taking place, we have a lot of Hispanics that work for us in America, like probably 95% of our workforce, yes. Yeah. And, um, and they would always bring in tacos and they would tequila all the time. Um, and we were just like, not touching the tequila side, guys, take the tacos, not touching the tequila side. And then, one day they caught us on a on a on a weak moment. We tried it, and yeah, we sort of thought there's no way this can be tequila. Um, it's tasted it, it, obviously 100% agave tequila is completely different to anything that we generally were accustomed to in Australia, which is a mixto. Um, so yeah, tried it and it was unbelievable. And then Jesse, his infinite wisdom said, "Let's go to Guadalajara and take a trip down." And it's literally call up and say, "Hey." We want to start a brand we're coming down that's as simple like everyone makes out like it's that difficult it's not like that's literally what you do and um we went down and we um i guess we got first night fever we got absolutely destroyed on the tequila and then the next day we had to stay and taste tequila from 9 a.m 
till 5 p.m. And I couldn't have told you if it was good, bad, or indifferent. So I didn't want to. Um, so, um, so, yeah, that was our start to the journey. And just to be clear, when we left that morning to, to start, because we sort of had two days of distillery, you know, bookings and some meetings to go see a bunch of people. Shane got in the pillow on that first, uh, sorry, in the car the first morning with his pillow. Uh, it, it was that wreck. So. I don't know if I've ever been that hungover before in my life, honestly. It was Starting fun. strong. So you mentioned construction. Um, I'd love to know about like, what you guys do now and kind of your individual backgrounds before starting Volando. Yeah, I'll kick it off because Shane and I have a really interesting connection. So if I go right back to when I was competing, um, so I competed in the London Olympics and the sport of boxing and right around that time I had um, returned from the Olympics and I was working for probably the major uh, facade company in Australia at the time or sort of top three. And I'd been working there for about six years and I'd completed an engineering trade apprenticeship. And about three or four years before that, Shane had actually come in um, to the company and he, he actually come and bought a bunch of our machinery that we were upgrading at the time. Now at the time, Shane would have been about 25. He'd sort of walked in and, you know, he was, he was loading up all these machines. And I remember sort of looking at this guy going, this guy's 25, he's covered in tattoos and he's going to go start this cladding company this guy's got rocks in his head. What's he thinking? So, you know, that, that was our, you know, first time we had sort of met. It was just in passing. We didn't really talk as, you know, I was just a, an engineering apprentice at that time and off he goes. And then sort of fast forward four or five years later, I'd returned from the Olympics. I'd come back and the company had actually been sold to some other executives that worked within the company and some dynamics had changed and I was looking for something new. And, Shane was actually, his company was located sort of halfway on my commute home. And I thought, I'm going to stop and see what that, that guy's doing and how that company's going. And I stopped in down there on a Thursday afternoon on the way down. And uh, when he actually bought all the machinery off this company, there was a couple of programs that they sold with it that didn't actually work. And they wanted more money from them to come out and to, to fix the programs. And I rocked up and I said, I'll fix it for you. So I just walked in, fixed the programs, got him running and... Um, a, uh, we had a really good conversation, a non-committal sort of an hour conversation, got to know each other. And Shane called me the next the next morning and said, mate, I'd, I'd love for you to come join the team. Can you start Monday? And I said, yep, let's do it. So that's sort of how Shane and I originally actually got together sort of in construction. And then uh, sort of two years had passed. And um, I was actually, I sort of got to the point where I'd achieved what I wanted to in sport. And, um, you know, sort of looking for sort of life after sport. I was only 22 and I'm thinking, you know, what do I do now? And I, um, one of my, you know, good mentors and longtime sponsors during my career, um, big property developer based on uh, the Gold Coast, he'd sort of made some introductions and um, to sort of get to that, into that sort of uh, private development world. And I uh, sort of went through a couple of rounds of interviews and I sort of got to the third and final round and all, all things were sort of looking pretty good to sort of go into a new direction and into a new industry I hadn't been in before and just something new to get away from sport and to look for, you know, really start to focus on life after sport. And um, Shane had, uh, so, you know, I want to do the right thing, give notice and all the rest of it. So Shane comes in and about two weeks before this, um, I'd received an email from an architect uh, based out of Dallas, Texas. And Shane was racing. Uh, he's a professional drag car racer. He was racing in the US at the time. And, you know, the, the architect had reached out and was wondering if we were looking to, to, to grow a presence in the U.S. Shane was a self-funded team, so obviously had the sign writing for, the, for his company on the vehicle. 
Um, and uh, sort of reached out and Shane had met up with this architect, unbeknownst to me. Um, and uh, so Shane returns from stateside. He comes in. I said, mate, uh, I've got a couple of things I want to catch up on. He goes, yeah, no worries. Me too, actually. Come upstairs. So we head up to his office. And now he goes, oh, what did you want to talk about? I said, oh, mate, what did you want to talk about? And he goes, well, that email that we got a couple of weeks ago, he goes, mate, I ended up meeting the guys when I was there, uh, 40-year architectural firm, very, very highly regarded in the industry. Um, mate, I think it's something that I'm going to really dive into. I'm going to go back there in a couple of weeks. Do you want to come with me? Um, and if it all works out, I'd love for you to you know, be a partner and come start this business in the US. I said, mate, sounds great. Now, again, at the time, I was looking to really get out of sort of what I was doing, get out of sport and really change the direction. And keep in mind, Jess is a, is a dual citizen, right? So she's always wanted to live in the US, um, you know, just you know, at some point in her life. And, um, you know, so I go back to that conversation with Shane in the office and he goes, oh, mate, what did you want to talk about? I said, mate, never mind, doesn't matter. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we just moved on from there. So I went home that night, I'm cooking dinner. And I, you know, I said, said to Jess, I said, uh, what would you think about moving moving to Texas? And um, I'm pretty sure- Can I stop you there? I'm gonna stop you there. Because this is how it went down in my life. <laughs> Jesse had a great job, just got promoted before Shane. Everything was really good. Everything, Everyone was happy. He calls me halfway through the day. I'm at work. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I just quit. I'm like, oh, probably something we should talk about before you just do it. Um, he's like, nah, it's gone. I'll find something else. I'm like, all right, no worries. He's like, I might find that dickhead with all those tattoos and see what he's doing. I'm like, okay, honey. <laughs> For anyone who's not clear, I'm the dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right. I was a little pissed uh, that there was no conversation to be had beforehand, but here we go. I'm like, no worries. Um, he goes, obviously gets a job with Shane and um, everything's fine and dandy. Jesse was actually like living in hell during this time because he was transitioning from being, you know, an elite athlete into what the hell do I do with myself now? What's my purpose in life? I was still competing. I was still competitive. He was a bit lost as a lot of athletes are. Um, so, that yeah, was he was... definitely an interesting um, thing to adapt to is understanding where Jesse was too, just as you mentioned that, Jess. It was interesting to see that athlete transition out of that, you know, and no one really understands on how difficult that is. But to see it firsthand, it's like, you know, they're, they're literally in limbo. Like, yeah. I feel like he, he had his transition and obviously mine's happening probably still now towards the end of it now, um, you know, because as I continued to compete for a little bit longer than he did. But, yeah, so, you know, he was in that time where he was like, he went to work one day telling me that he's going to quit and he's going to become a real estate agent to uh, come home and now we're moving to America. Um, so <laughs> he's really good at putting, putting me on roller coasters. Uh, so to give you a bit of a timeline there, so October 2014, Shane was in, racing in the US and met with Don Powell, is, is the architect that we're speaking of. Um, we went back there together at the end of November 2014. And three months before this, we just bought our first house, just got a, a <laughs> bought a first new car. Um, you know, so, you know, things, things were going well. Promoted. She just got promoted <laughs> in her role with, um, she was working in retail at the time. Um, you know, and she was sort of on a trajectory to sort of take a state manager role in the next six months. And, um, 
Yeah, so November we November 2014, we 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 go back there and we sort of get a really good understanding of sort of the the marketplace. And um, February 9th, 2015, my 25th birthday, we had moved there full time. Oh my gosh, that's so young into, as well. Into what was meant to be a fully furnished apartment that was not <laughs> furnished at all. That was also I've heard great. Those thank <laughs> It's crazy, like, you hear the other side of it. Like, obviously, I know the story very well from Jess and Jesse's side, but I've, like, uplifted my wife's life three or four times over to be in America. Like, we were about to build a house when these guys were moving over, sold the land, reinvested in the business in the US. So it's crazy, like, the girls have just been through a role. Like, to be fair, they're, they're very, very strong women to be hanging around because yeah. – so much plot twist. I've run from under back multiple times, <laughs> and they've uh, they've stuck around. So yeah, I want to go into more of like your each of your sporting backgrounds because um, we've kind of touched on it a bit. But if you could all just explain what that was, you were doing, that was that was a that was a huge part I think in Jesse's um, transition from being an employee to a, a business owner. I feel. Um, he was all—he's an Olympic boxer. Like as far as work ethic goes and commitment, you know, you don't get any higher than that. Um, and it was funny—we were only talking about this just the other day—that um, he worked for Osmet, and then we went over there, and he was a partner in the whole deal. And then I remember one day we're like, again another story. We, got there we were thinking we were going to get on the job straight away it took us six months extra longer than we thought we almost ran out of cash and tipped over and then um we're looking for a general manager and i'm beating my head against the wall and he comes in one day and we're talking about just something in general about work and then anyway he turns around walks out and then he stops and he turns around and comes back and he says hey that general manager role he goes he goes can i put my hand up to it and i said mate 100% yours. I sort of I pushed you into it, but that whole transition that through that period, he's just backed himself and um, and really, you know, if you met Jesse seven years ago, he's not the same Jesse is now when it comes to that, like very assertive with everything like that. Like I sent him into a meeting once to a sales meeting and I couldn't make it. And he goes, he goes what are we going to do? I said, mate, just fucking go in there. He goes, but you know, they're all older than me. I said, mate, yeah, I know, but they got you got more experience than any of them. I said, you've got to back yourself. She comes out and then just own the meeting. The rest is basically history from there. So the sporting side of things is extremely important to me um, when finding, you know, someone in, in that particular role because I think that, and I think that we probably adopt that with a lot of people who we do business with and who we have within the business too, Jack, like yourself. I think it's really, really important because... You know, the fundamentals are in place and hard work is, is just what it's all about and just getting shit done is something that's just bred into athletes, I think. Mm. So the resilience. My side of it, yeah, that, that was, I think is, is extremely important with any business. Yeah. Yeah, and you are a boxer too, Jess. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, competed for Australia for multiple years um, around the world, which was absolutely amazing um unfortunately missed out on the olympics in uh, 2012 in china at the world championships by two points 
which was probably my biggest heartbreak of my life that I still literally have nightmares over and wake up crying from. Um, <laughs> it's quite sad. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was what, a huge, hey? huge, yeah, killer. It's um, a huge, was a huge part of my life. Um, I only stopped uh, as soon as the pandemic hit is when I actually officially went, you know what, I think it's time to have something else to wake up for every day. Um, And that's pretty much when Volando launched, isn't it? It's exactly when Volando launched. Yeah, we decided to launch another company right at the start of a pandemic. It was great. (laughs) Amazing timing. Really good at timing everything, actually. Yeah. So we launched in Australia. I wasn't part of this at the time. I didn't know you guys yet. Um, We launched in December of 2020, um, and our our whole business plan was bars and clubs on premise to get the brand recognized. Yeah. So your COVID hits, wipes out the whole business. Like everything, 100% of our sales goes down the tube. Yeah. And um, again, Jesse and myself were like, well, I guess we're going to be the sales guys as well. So we jump in and start pounding the pavement and turn to the retail uh, side of things and yeah. just had to do what we know. And I mean, that's the one thing I think with the business is you cannot be, uh, and I said this the other day when I was talking to someone, you think you're going to start a business and earn a $200,000 paycheck and take a $100,000 car allowance? It's never going to happen. And your business will never be successful. It just won't. But I think you have to be you know, humble enough to be able to get in the trenches and do everything from A to Z. I mean, Jesse wears 10 hats. I wear 10 hats. Um, we generally stick in a lane now. Before we maybe there were some crossovers, but we sort of know where our strengths and weaknesses are. Um, if Jesse puts a spreadsheet in front of me, he knows I won't fill it out. And if uh, <laughs> if I ask him to overlook the marketing, I know that he probably won't even have any interest in it. So um, that's just the way the way the dynamic works, and it seems to work pretty well. So. Yeah. So during that time, I met Jess and Jesse first um, because <laughs> you guys were sponsoring. Um, a music video for a local artist here, Taylor Moss. And I was there doing behind the scenes photo. And mm-hmm. after this, I just sent a few photos to them. And I was like, you know, you guys are welcome to use any of these. And then the response was, can you come for a meeting with us? And like, it was like a few days after. And I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, we, <laughs> then- we knew you were talented when you made Jesse look like a professional cocktail shaker. <laughs> I sit down at this meeting and they're like, all right, so we want you to take all the photos. Here's the social media. Here's the passwords. All right, you're in. I was like, please, okay. (laughs) So then it was a few months of kind of just doing jobs here and there, um, which I thought was really cool. Sorry? The role's the same now, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, but, I mean, for me, like working – as a freelancer alone a lot, I never had that like team aspect. So it was really cool to get introduced to that. And again, with like similar sporting backgrounds and things like that, I was like, man, these guys are pretty cool. Like I could learn a thing or two. Um, And then it was probably another maybe four to six months before I had the email that was like, hey, do you want to like actually be officially part of the team? And I was like, yes, 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 yes. Where do I sign? Yeah, and I think, you know, what's been really interesting, Jack, is you sort of talk about, you know, that time for us, it was, you know, it's like any business, you you can have uh, the most detailed business plan, you know, and I always relate it back to somewhere in sport, and I always, you know, Mike Tyson says, 
everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. And it's like business. You've got a plan until the plan doesn't work anymore. We launched until the pandemic hits. as the pandemic hit, you know, and we'd, you know, we, we constantly had challenges that, you know, like any business in, in, in life, professionally or personally. And it was just, we constantly had to pivot and adapt to, you know, what the new outlook looked like and <laughs> bringing, you know, you and other parts of the team on at different, you know, sort of increments throughout the business, you know, made sense at the time, you know, that those, those sort of, uh, you know, his meetings and as you sort of discussed took place. And, you know, it was, it was just a, a constant battle and trying to find our way through what was going to see a succession plan. And, you know, we always had, you know, the, the sort of the high level 300 foot view was always to start in Australia, sort of build some brand awareness as an Australian owned brand, and then really go tackle the US. Now the US is responsible for already 85% of all tequila sold in the world. So we knew we had to be there. That's where, you know, this is a volume business. You're going to get value based on the volume that you're able to sell. We knew that's where we we're going to get the volume. But for us, our point of difference was, you know, rather than just being a really, really, really small little fish in a really, really, really big pond, you know, go in there with the genuine point of difference. You know, we don't want the A-lister. We didn't want the celebrity. We didn't want to go down the big endorsement paths and throw all this money just at people that, you know, really it was inauthentic to who we were and what we were trying to create for the brand. Um, you know, and really that's that's what drove us, you know, through all those different changes, you know, sort of over a two-year period before we finally said, okay, now we've got to make that adjustment, really focus and, and just put everything we've got into to focusing on the US market. So it's been it's been really exciting to sort of see the last, you know, four years play out. And if you sort of, you know, if you watched it, you know, at, at 100 times speed, you would look at it and be like, holy shit, like this, this constant challenge after challenge, you know, Australian excise increasing, you know, our bondage, you know, we're able to store everything under bond, which basically means you don't pull the product out and pay the excise until you're basically selling it. We got an email saying we had 24 hours to pay all the excise for everything we had in stock, which is, you know, $250,000 or something. Uh, because they weren't they weren't bonded anymore. We had 24 hours to either move it or pay pay the excise. And you're like, okay, you couldn't forecast this one. I've got 24 hours to work it out. You know, so it was just, problem solving. Yeah, it was just you know, get on the phone. Hey man, we we got to move this. We got to stop this. We got to you know, it was just it, it, it constantly happened. You know, we we wouldn't have enough time on this podcast to go to go mm. through this, but it was just you know, you're constantly cha challenge. And I think you know, for me, that's you know, you sort of touched on the blend of sporting backgrounds to professional. And I think for me, you know, that's, you know, that you've just got to have so much resilience in, in what you do day to day. Right. You know, and I go back to when I was competing and you, you turn up to a fight show and, and the guy was sick or he didn't make weight or he pulls out. You just, you know, you just don't know what you're going to have. Nothing's affirmed until I'm in the ring and the other guys in there as well. And, and it's the same in business. Nothing's, nothing's done until that purchase order comes in and the product goes out and mm -hmm. it actually gets there. It doesn't get damaged on the way, you know, there's just so many parts to it. Right. So I think you build a high level of resilience, you know, you, you know, Shane sort of touched on it seven years ago, eight years ago, you know, when we first started the business, you know, in America, it was, you know, I would, I would stress at every little moment and like, oh no, but you know, we've got to worry about this. We've got to worry about that. And, and soon you've realized that things start to, you know, organically happen for themselves at times, but you know, it's, it's about being, you know, you've just got to be so open to change. You know, you've got to become accustomed that things aren't going to go to plan. There's going to be challenges and, and they're never going to, you know, they're never going to stop. You know, you, you sort of, the moment you start to get comfortable and go, you look, everything's really working out. Everything's coming together. The plan's flowing something happens, you know, it, 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 it literally does. I remember this moment with um, 
Alex recently, who's our creative director, and we like thinking about the all of the changes um, we've gone through in the last few years. And we work very closely together on like the look and feel of Orlando and the Instagram and the socials and imagery, of course. Um, and we were on the phone and we're looking through all of our media, our socials, our Instagram, and we were like, this is not us anymore. This is not consistent. And we had this huge moment. We were both bawling our eyes out. We're like, what are we doing? Like, and we just culled everything. And it was this huge moment of like really redefining who we are and being super consistent to what we've built because like you don't realize all of the changes day by day that go on and we all like get better at what we do and we have a better vision of um, where we're going and we get more on cue with who we really are. Um, especially with that transition to the US market. And it hit this point where we're like, we have just been kind of going through the motions, rolling through this without actually reflecting on all of these changes and what they mean visually for us. And once we realized that and saw that and started to really refine that, and this was right before our US content trip, which was the perfect time because then we were really able to cue into like, okay, this is our, you know, that was the first trip where we had a real budget to shoot and like, create everything we wanted and we're like this is the perfect timing because we really need to do this right um so like we've gone through so many various stages and pivots and everything over the last few years um what do you think are some of the key lessons you've learned during the evolution and how did they shape the company's direction i think um as you just said then jack um the moment you find your why is when you can really really hone in and i think the business can you know go to another level and I think Jess touched on this once someone asked her well who's your consumer and she's like well, we are and then to expand that further our consumer is high achievers athletes you know entrepreneurs that's who our that's how our consumer is that's who we target right they want to you know they they don't mind spending a little bit extra money on you know the finer things we're not saying that we're out of reach for other people we're just saying that if you want something a little bit better quality then then that's who we are. That's, that's, that's what our product's about. So we're not about, you know, selling ourselves short with, you know, someone out there that we're going to give a, you know, piece of the company to and tell them to go and flog it until all of a sudden they get sick of it and turn around and don't want to do it anymore. We focus more on the product and the quality and everything else uh, rather than, you know, whoever's behind the brand. Um, but, yeah, I think finding our, our, our reason and who our actual customer is was a big turning point for us. And as you said, Jack, this is probably only in the last probably six, six to 12 months. Which is actually but, really exciting. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It is. And we really, I think we've got um, a good, strong hold on who we are as a brand. Um, Alex definitely keeps us all in line because you're, not, you're, you're definitely not, um, you're never short of opportunities in this industry as a, as a liquor brand as far as, you know, sponsoring events or athletes or collaborations. They sort of come thick and fast, so it'd be very difficult to try and do it. It, it wouldn't be very difficult to do everything um, with the opportunities thrown at you, but you just really need to make sure that you you remember what our end goal is and who we are as a brand, just so there's no message. How do you navigate disagreements or differing viewpoints between <laughs> between us? Yeah, uh, I mean it, between it, it, us, the gloves three? out. <laughs> I, I think honestly, no. To be fair, I mean, typically we 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 can figure it out. Um, 
I think there's only been one moment we've had to go to a board to make a decision um, <laughs> without working it out ourselves. But, you know, Jesse's the type of person that he will <laughs> need time where I'm like, sort it out. Jesse yep. doesn't, but he'll sleep on it and then he'll go, okay, yeah, I've been thinking more. And where I'm like, fuck, boom, make a decision and then all of a sudden I'm like, I didn't make the right decision. So there's a bit of ebb and flow there with um, decision making. And, and Jess is a good gatekeeper between us both because she sits on the fence and she's very much Switzerland when it comes to our decisions. <laughs> and, you know, I think, I think touching on that point is really important, especially for mine and Shane's dynamic personalities, right? I think we are, you know, that, that old cliche yin and yang. Like yin and yang. Here's bull out of a gate, 100 mile an hour, and I'm like very analytical. No pause, tap the brakes. What are oh, what we if doing? We get sued. This is this is not this is not scalable. This is not sustainable. Hold up. And I'm what? I'm the dots and the yin and yang, or he's the pin to the balloon that deflates you. Jane's like, I dare them to sue us. <laughs> you know, but but I think that and, and and that exact relationship is why our US business even started. And why it was so successful and why it continues to be. And it's, 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 you know, one thing I think Shane's taught me was, you know, and I go back to my sporting career. Do I have any regret about my sporting career? Yes. I didn't enjoy the journey. I was so fixated on getting to the end that I didn't enjoy every single day and the, and the lead up to it. I've got great moments. Don't get me wrong, but I generally can say I didn't enjoy it as much as I know I could have. What Shane's taught me in business is mate, you've got to enjoy the journey the destination will be the destination, wherever that gets you. And I think, you know, on the back of that, it was when you focus on the business, the money would come. You know, and for us, it was what we did in, in the US. We just focused on the business. We focused on our service, our customer service, you know, looking after, making sure our customer experience with our general contractors was the best and it wasn't really difficult based on our, our competitors in the marketplace. But, you know, being proactive, being on the forefront and really pushing our way through a project uh, through to completion is the reason we've, you know, we've, we we had such a such a great success um, in that market. And I think it sort of goes back to, you know, it's the same thing here when we've, you know, you, you talk about launching a tequila company in a non-tequila drinking market in the middle of a pandemic where there's lockdowns, restrictions. Now, traditionally, to go into almost any any major retailer, you've got to present through a buying window, which is one or two times a year. You've got to present. They've got to accept you. There's a, there's a lot of process. Shane and I just knocked on every damn door and said, this is who we are. This is what we got. This is where you can buy us from. What do you think? We'll come support it. We'll do tastings. Jesse sent me into six tastings a week. Um. <laughs> it's you just, you just I remember just strolling into our do. local Dan Murphy's and seeing Jess and Jesse there a few days. I'm like, hey, hey guys, <laughs> working away. I had a part-time office in the Nooseville Dan Murphy's. Uh, I was there <laughs> so often. Uh, but, you know, it just, you know, for us, and, and I sort of encourage, you know, anyone that's trying to get into any businesses, just start. Like, you don't have to have the the, the, the blueprint, the layout. You know, you just, you just get going and you figure it the hell out, you know. And I think, you know, there's, there's this almost this, uh, you know, pre-laid fundamentals on, on how you should get in the business and you should build up this business plan and you're going to go lend this money and you're going to lay this out. It's like, we just, we just, we just act, act. And, you know, and then, and then you, and then you, you know, as those actions 
have consequences, good or bad, you, you then deal with them accordingly. But I think, you know, for us, you know, I, I, you've got to be a risk taker. And again, when you go back to our consumer and who we're trying to build a lifestyle and a brand towards, it's, it's about that risk taker, right? It's about, you know, the, the guys that want to get up, they want to, they want to live in, in a, an extraordinary life. And an extraordinary life doesn't mean to have a lot of money by any means. There's, there's different levels of success. There's different levels of, of what people want in their life. And it's about just getting up and, and getting towards whatever that is for you, right? And whatever that is for you, that's perfectly right because that's going to give you that fulfillment, you know? And I think that's how we we look at business, you know? And it's it's how we make decisions together. You know, Shane's a bull out of a gate. I'm Mr. Analytical. And Jess sort of sits there as the referee in between two. She's like, yeah, but he's got a point. You've got to listen to him. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, no, he's wrong. And then, you know, we, we sort of battle it out over a couple of days and we figure it out. But, you know, I describe mine in Shane's relationship is better the friend that'll stab you in the front than the one that'll stab you in the back. And, you know, we're the, we're the most honest to each other. And, you know, I think we've generally like got ease in the front, by the way. Oh yeah. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I think, you know, we've generally got, you know, best, uh, you know, each other's best interests at heart. And we, we, you know, and that's been built on the foundation of, you got to remember Shane and I didn't really know each other that well. And Jess didn't really know Shane at all. And a month later, we're now living together in a two-bedroom apartment in Dallas going... <laughs> with no furniture. With no furniture. We're going to start a construction company where uh, it's 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 imperial, not metric. It's heavily Spanish. We don't... I barely speak English correctly. Um, you know, it's it's the, the, the constructability and the methodology of building was... It's far outdated. It's a 10 to 15 years behind the European or really how we, where we build. So we've walked in, you know... Again, bull out of a gate. We're we're going to go change change the state here and, and and go build this great business. And it was a it was a, a huge screaming reality handbrake when we got there to go. Wow, this is very very different, you know. But again, it was just like okay, we adapt and we did the same thing. We just went and knocked on every door. We called every damn phone until someone would give us a job. And I don't know if they gave us the job so we'd leave them alone or or they actually wanted to work with us. But that's literally how we started the business. And we're like, if and if we didn't, if we if <laughs> You know, if we had my very slow analytical analytical approach, we were six weeks from going bankrupt about six months in. We had no money. You know, we were living on, I think we had $300 a week. I called Shane and said, I really, really need this to work. And he's like, yeah, mate, we all do. I said, no, no, you don't understand. I've just spent my last $2,000 flying my dog over. I have no money. My credit cards are maxed. I have zip. Like I am done. I I am all in. My credit cards also. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We were, we were tapped. <laughs> so I had zero dollars in my bank account, so that was great. But I mean, to your point, Jack, it's all about writing your own story. And I mean, um, you know, the defining moments together was in that first initial, um, you know, stage of launching the construction company and us, like Jesse said, not knowing each other and jumping into this massive thing that we had no idea what we we're about to get into. But you know, you know, not not having money to pay for dinners, not. <laughs> Funny story is not money having money to you know go back and return the rental car. I mean that solidified who we were as you know as uh, friends, but also business partners. I mean goes back to that resilience of us being athletes. Like we were not giving up on the goal, the dream. Therefore, we weren't giving up on each other. Hence, why we went into another business with this crazy man called Shane. Yep. It's <laughs> funny. So you see. Um, it- one thing I'll, I'll say that anyone who starts a business, if you line up in a row and question 100 people on your idea, guarantee you, guarantee you 90 of them will say, nah, there's this, this, this is wrong, nah, too much risk, this, this is, 
There's so many doubters out there. Why not to do it? There's all, if you did that, you'd never do it in your life, right? And they came down to our construction company. And don't get me wrong, when we were into it and we're probably six to you know 12 weeks in, we're thinking to ourselves, have we, like, maybe they were right. Maybe the 90% were right. Maybe this is a difficult market. Maybe we won't be able to infiltrate the market. Maybe we're, we, we are dreaming to think we can't be in here. But there's the 10% that we'd done enough research. It wasn't like you, we go into this stuff completely blind, you know, blind. Like there is a little bit of research that goes into this, so like it or not. And, okay, and, and if you tell Jesse, I gave him a business plan. I gave him a business plan and I said, this is what we're going to hit. He looked at the numbers and he goes, yeah, right. On our fifth year, we hit it within half a million bucks. And it, call it dumb luck, whatever. But what I'm, my, to my point is if you, if you want to start a business, you have to block out all the noise because 90% of the noise will be don't do it. You have to embrace the failure, right? You have it's like 100%. the stepping yeah. I mean, stone that, into the next part. You have to and embrace that comes it, back to the sporting it. backgrounds too. 100%. Is like the the risk taking as well. I feel like in a sporting background, you're not scared to take risks. You're not scared of failure because you've failed so many times that it's like okay, well, that's, what's next? It's actually like it's the norm. It's actually, yeah, it's your best. It's actually the well, best time to learn is your failures. I, I, I was pretty you scared. So I was pretty scared to take risks because I got hit pretty hard by big guys. Yeah, I mean, we don't get that in tennis. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, failure. Um, well, losing, losing a fight, failing, failing. You know, something in a business that you thought you were going to succeed in. I mean, that is literally where you learn the most. Mm. If you're continuously succeeding mm. in every step that you take, you're not going to be learning nowhere near as much as what you could be should be. So yeah. you've got to embrace those failures. Um, Can you I mean, share like a big risk uh, or like a pivotal decision <laughs> that made a really oh, big I mean, impact on the direction? I think um, moving back to America and, and, and relaunching Volando into a, another new country was, you know, the latest and greatest risk. I, I, and, yeah. The U.S. Yeah. side of things was literally Jesse calls me and goes, I need you to go raise some capital. Like, mate, we can't do this. It's too big and I can't do my job from an operational standpoint unless we have money. So all of a sudden we've gone over there thinking we're going to go out and, yeah, we've got all this stock, we're going to go and sell. Well, obviously when it comes, it's one thing to have stock, but you've got to have the marketing budget to go with that. So that was a, I think that was one of the bigger risks that we had was going back there and then all of a sudden fuck, now we're all the way back to square one when we start a business again like it's mm-hmm. it's starting it's like it's a rerun re- and this happened very that. quickly like this point where we were okay when you were going to go back to the u.s and then i knew shane you were working on the pitch and from that point of like okay i'm going to start working on this pitch to like literally having the event where people, you know, in Brisbane where people are there and we streamed it, that was such a short period of time to put all that together. Yeah, yeah. well, it was. And I think it's really interesting because, you know, so we had returned to, um, Jess and I had returned back to Australia full time. Uh, we literally bought a house the week before the pandemic. So we, you know, our, our return home was locked down. So we're like, oh shit, you know, we just spent, you know, six years abroad, but great. We, we've done really well. We'd, 
And then, and now we're back here and we're stuck and we're, you know, in these lockdowns and we're like, oh shit, what are we going to do? You know, and, you know, sort of accelerate 12 months from there. You know, we, we were able to sell a controlling interest of our company in the US and, you know, Shane and I went back there to basically sign off and let the local team know what was happening. Cause obviously, you know, we're still actively involved in the business. And, you know, at the time the guys then extended me the offer to return. Now I had no intention of returning to the US. I was very happy living in Noosa and what we were doing. And I sort of moved back. And again, you got to remember at the time, we're still in this pandemic. We don't know what's happening. We're still in these lockdowns. You know, obviously we're up in Noosa was far less. We have, also, we have also bought another dog. Yes, we, we have two yeah. rottweilers now. Um, you know, so, you know, Victoria and all these other states were far more affected than what we were, but it was still, there was still a great level of unknown. But what I had did known, because obviously we had the business in the US is, really after the first month or two, they were back to full 100% operation. So I'm sitting over here in this island like we all are going, I think we just go back. Like, you know, what else are we going to do? We're going to do this for another year, another two years. Like, you just don't know. There was so much uncertainty. And, you know, it was really at the time where Shane and I were at that crossroads going, man, we, like, we've we got to make the pivot now because this is not going to be a scalable model to continue in Australia and then trying to pivot because we just don't know. You've got to understand at that time, the shipping companies weren't sending cargo ships here anymore from Mexico because that was a non-profitable lane. You know, you couldn't get containers. There was a shortage of containers. When I flew into LA and I drove past Long Beach, there was literally like 200 vessels sitting there that couldn't get unloaded. Like there was so many layers to this, you know, that you, you know, if you really go back and reflect, you go, yeah, there's a lot of reasons that really drove our decision to, to, to ultimately move back to the US. And so, I, I you know, we, we headed back to the US um, and, and at the time we just said, you know, we've got to, we've got to make that adjustment, make that pivot. Let's focus exclusively on the U S go out. There's still private cap raise. Um, let's do it in house. Cause again, it's, it's, let's just do what we do best and do it ourselves and, uh, and don't rely on anyone else and just be proactive. And I think, you know, with, with what our, you know, collective brand marketing team put together for that presentation was the reason it was so successful. It was, it was really, really well done, really well received, you know, got a successful cap raise and, and got us running in America, you know, and, and that's where we are today. I want to go back to the team aspect um, because I know, I think I'm pretty, yeah. Very quickly. So Jesse and I, before one other question was done, right. When he saw the logo and we went to do this, we had, yep, we're doing this. One thing we agreed on, no dickhead policy. That's the one thing we agreed on together. If we do this, we don't work with dickheads. So that's when it, that, that's what's, that's probably at the top of the list when it comes to building a tank. Have there been a few dickheads <laughs> dropped along the way? Been a few dickheads dropped along the way. <laughs> oh yeah, there's been some big ones. <laughs> Dicks everywhere. <laughs> so when now, like considering that, what are some of the qualities or attributes you look for when kind of finding team members or people to work with Volando? I think, I think just um, leave your ego at the door, right? I mean, we're all in it for the same reason. Let's like work together and not, you know, no friction. Right? Um, no one, no one is, I don't think anyone's bigger than the brand. Jesse, um, you know, he, he preaches this a lot too. And I think it's super important that, um, one thing I've always said, and I've lived by this my whole life, and everyone sort of has a, for the first second, they question, they go, well, that's dumb. And so I want to be the dumbest person in the boardroom. They're like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, I want the best people around me. Because if I was the smartest person in the boardroom, then obviously you don't have a very, very good team around you, right? And I'm 100% the dumbest person in the boardroom. 
You are not Shane. Sometimes, but not always. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean that was that that that's our whole, I guess, culture we want to build is we. It's it's Jesse will attest to this. It's never about the money. It's never about what you pay someone, but it is about the culture and what you're building together and being a part of something. That's super super important to have people buy in on you as a leader and a brand. And a shared vision is super. A shared vision is super important. I think that's why you know the three of us. You know we have that shared vision, and I mean not only share it but understand what that is as well and i guess you know this the boys realm when they hire people but they you know that's a big part of it they understand what we're actually trying to achieve and they and they want to do it with us it's funny um if you sort of go 180 on our business in construction and jesse's role there and everyone who knows him knows he's very very hard on the guys he doesn't expect anything less than him. I said, mate, you're going to be disappointed 99% of the time. I said, because you're an Olympian. Like no <laughs> one's going to work as hard as you. No Literally. one. Literally, no one. Um, so now the roles are reversed a little bit and I'm the one who probably flies off the handle a little bit more when we don't get what I think is expected. And he's like, no, no, look, give him a chance. Like he's probably <laughs> understanding on it. Oh my so it's, actually, it's funny that, um, you know, how, how, how things switch a little bit, but that's because he sits on the operational side of things and I'm yeah. on, the, on the marketing side of things. It's, yeah. you know, a little bit more, well, I wouldn't say at time it's meant to be enjoyable, but you know, I don't know, sometimes marketing can be, you know, you know, what's even funner sitting in between you guys. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, an important part, Jack, you know, you talk about sort of building a team. What is it that you look like, look for, whether it's in individuals or whatever? It's sort of, you know, Shane touched on, you know, sort of being this, the dumbest person in the room. So having good, you know, really what he's saying is, you know, having really good people around you. I'm not, you know, it's like bringing you in, Jack. We saw, we, we extended the offer to you based on what you did. If I was to start to tell you how I want you to shoot, it's not going to work. I'm not going to come in to tell you how to do your job, do what you do well. Sorry, and I wouldn't listen to you. Yeah, you wouldn't either. <laughs> yeah, you know, I remember we're about six months in into the construction company, and Shane goes, "Hey, we need a bunch of pictures of the new office for the visas." I sent him all these pictures. He goes, "Bud, you've sent me like shots of like the wall and the floor. I need to see the offices." I'm like, "Oh shit, I'm not really good at a camera." You know, like so. <laughs> You know, and that, that's, a, that's a true story, unfortunately. But, uh, um, you know, it's about, you know, when you build a team, I'm not going to bring someone in to tell them how they should do that job. Now, there may be some parameters about, you know, again, this is us as a brand. This is, you know, this is what we're building towards. You know, this Jack is how had a skill set. Jack had a, Jack had a skill set naturally that was complementary to our brand. Right, right. You know, so it's about, you know, putting people in the right identifying the right individuals, putting them in the right places and, and giving them a lot of autonomy to then execute what you've, you know, what they're part of the team for, right? And again, there's a lot of collaboration between, you know, you know, still photography, videography, um, campaign, uh, you know, build outs and, and what they need from point of sale and, and visual and static. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of layers to it, right? But ultimately it's a collaborative approach where, you know, we, we go out and we build the parameters to it, but then everyone has the autonomy that to then execute. And they, they're able to do that because of who they are. And, you know, they've got that skill set, right? They've got that that great ability to be able to execute on, on what it is exactly they do, right? So I think it's really important to, you know, find the right people, put them in the right places, but give them the autonomy to be them. 
you know, especially in the creative world. You know, I think creatives need a lot of flexibility to, to be them. You know, you get the best out of them, which should get the best thing for your brand. You know, I really do. Yep. Naturally complementary to our brand and to each other is what Jack is a perfect example, but everybody that's within the company. And you really got to, I, th- I feel when you give them, you know, that freedom to, you know, take lead, you almost force them to a little bit, right? Like you almost, you push them, push them enough to lead themselves when really if they didn't or they had someone that was standing over them, they probably wouldn't have that opportunity. So it's almost allowing them to grow a little bit as well, I feel. Yeah, um, we want to see them shine. 100%. 100%. So we've got really, really, a really, really good bunch of uh, people within our team. I think extremely talented. We do, uh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and you exciting. mentioned like the importance of the journey as well. And that was a huge thing for me when joining. Because um, like for me as well, it was never about like the money or like what, you know, the nitty gritty details like that. It was just, do I enjoy doing this? Do I enjoy spending time with these people? And I was like, hell yeah. it's definitely definitely, um you know we spend 60 percent of our life at work right and Mm. at you strip the layers back liquor brand only 60 shane (laughs) definitely more than that pull the layers back and you look at i didn't wait i didn't wake up one day and go geez i hope i own a commercial facade company that wasn't my dream Did I want to own a liquor brand, a tequila brand one day? I mean, probably more likely than a construction company. Yeah. But when you peel the onion back, in the end, it's still work, right? And it's still building yeah. something. There's going to be times where there's going to be those days where you're just like, Fuck. like, you know, can't these, can't everything? Like Jesse said, when everything's going right, all of a sudden you're like, waiting, okay, something <laughs> off the wall, surely. And it's just yeah. that's the way it goes. But um, to your point, Jack, yeah. Hundred percent. You need to make sure that you enjoy, you know, the journey along the way. Because I mean, before you know it, it it's over. And Jesse and I had this moment only a year ago where it was bittersweet, where we had a private equity firm buy the construction company, and all of a sudden you're sitting there going, "Wow, it's done. Like it's over. Like that for whole, you. <laughs> that whole chapter in your life is over, right? So it's sort of like." Wow, that's a um, yeah. It's sort of it, you get a little teary when you think about it because that's something that you that that's your whole life, and then all of a sudden that life is then hooks closed, moving on. So, but we're in a we're in an extremely exciting part of Orlando's journey at the moment, and I think um, we got some we, we're in that stage where I think it's just about to blow up here. So, um, it's going to be pretty exciting. Can feel it. Yeah, Jess and Jesse. Mm. I so working with your partner can bring unique dynamics to both personal and professional relationships. How do you? I know we've spoken about this a bit, Jess. How you kind of push each other to do better, and um, how do you find that dynamic? To be honest, I feel like I'm married to the both of them sometimes. Uh, <laughs> no, um, Jesse and I are polar opposites. Uh, so we do, again, coming back to that complimentary, um, you know, of skill set, um, Jesse has forever since 
before moving to America has used me as a soundboard slash punching bag, um, not physically, just um, <laughs> just when it comes to any, you know, hard times or hiccups at work. Um, and I've always been able to help him, you know, walk through it, talk through it and, you know, make sure he's seen it from everyone's perspective, not just his own. Um, Shane will probably agree that sometimes that's what he does. Um, but it's, um, I mean, I lean on him a lot because I am very green at this as I was still competing when the boys did get into, um, you know, running and owning a company together. I mean, I was, I was always there from the very start um, financially and just physically, but never a part of the actual company in the, in the construction and then not in the early stages of Volando, um, but inserted myself in, especially when we moved to America. But I mean, it's been good as I can literally just lean back on my chair and yell out to him, what does this mean? Or how should I handle this? Um, he gets really frustrated at me sometimes because he's usually in a meeting when I'm yelling out to him. <laughs> no, it's it's good for me. I, I feel comfortable um, when I when I first, you know, said to the guys, like, I really want to get involved a lot more. I want to, I want this to be the new thing that I do, you know, with my life. I want this to be the thing that I wake up for in the morning and this to be the thing that I am building towards, you know, with success since I don't have my boxing anymore. Um, obviously, Shane, Jesse opened me with welcome, you know, with open arms. So that was great. But yeah, it's, I mean, I definitely don't think- We had zero it. time to do it. <laughs> yes. Because yes. they're like, yes, come on. Here the keys. Good luck. Do this, 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 this. Oh, and she's a really, really good job. Like, she's the gatekeeper between everything to make sure. And I said to her, I love just like if, because I'm renowned for like missing stuff. And just you get busier and busier and busier and busier and stuff all of a sudden slips through the cracks and just like, hey, make sure you look, do this, make sure you do this, make sure you do this. And I suggest make sure that keeps coming, text, whatever. Because you know, just like a, just like a wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I mean, there's stuff that you know can get missed or slip through, and it, it can be costly. So, um, yeah, yeah, and and I, and I love being. I mean, as much as I obviously, I love being able to do that because it makes me feel like that I have a I have a huge purpose and um, within the company. I mean, obviously, I, I do do that. I do a lot more than that as well. But that is something that. You can't really ask anyone to do or task anyone to do, but being one of the co-owners, I, I, I want to naturally do that to make sure because if we do miss it, it's going to be bad for all of us. But back to the question, no, I definitely feel more comfortable jumping in knowing that I have Jesse and he's got my back if I've got any questions. And, I mean, I don't feel embarrassed or, you know, or, or anything. How I mean, there's no such thing as a dumb question, but, you know, if it is a question that might be, easy for some people to understand or answer but for me I have no idea and I know I can just ask him and he's going to be able to give me that answer and I feel comfortable you know jumping in and doing what I'm doing knowing that I've got him right there as my soundboard as well I think you know from my side you know and I'll be really raw and honest it's really difficult I I in the early stages found it really challenging because Jess will say it Actually, Jess and Shane, it's funny. It's like it's Jess has said being married to both of us. I feel like I'm sometimes married to those two as well because Shane, Shane will call me and in three seconds, he knows if I'm working in construction or if I'm working in tequila by the sound of my voice. And he'll typically go, oh, mate, I'm going to call you back a bit later. <laughs> and he'll jump off the phone. <laughs> and, you know, and, or if, he knows if I'm in the office or if I'm in Miami, he knows where I am. 
just obviously much the same as Jess. Now, right now, as we record this, I'm actually in Australia. I should have been here for a week. It's now week six. I'm waiting for my visa to be renewed. So <laughs> I'm currently exiled from the US. But, you know. You guys and your visas. Oh, no, it's killing yeah. me. <laughs> Maybe we so, should all get married. <laughs> So, you know, for me, it was, especially in the early stages, very, very challenging because I sort of, I always explain, I do one thing really, really well. I can't sit there and do two things at once that are, that are you know, that are completely different. I won't sit there and work on Belando and, and the construction at the same time. So when, you know, I've got this dynamic now, especially when I, you know, for a lot of the times I'll work from home and I'll be, you know, at, at our place in Miami rather than actually in one of our offices throughout the Southeast, I'm in my personal home, which is where, you know, it's, it's, it's where I'm there with, you know, my wife, my dogs, and this is our home. But then I'm, I'm also in a, in a professional setting in those same, same four walls. And, you know, I don't have that commute to an office or, or from an office where you decompress. I'm doing it all in that same space. So, you know, I've, I've, I'm learning. I wouldn't say I've learned. I'm still learning to really remember, hang on, she isn't one of the workers that I'm talking to, like I have to really remember my audience for a lot of the times because I'll be very, you know, short, sharp, concise to the point and just move on or, or abrupt, you know, and I never like to repeat myself. So I, I always have to, it, it is challenging and, I, and I'm learning to get better at it. And I think part of it is just for me, just, you know, I think again, you go back to sport. I was really in a sprint sport, right? Everything was really, really fast. And, you know, so I want to work at that same pace and I, I do it most of the time, but, you know, as I'm getting a, a little old, little older, and I'm, you know, in in much higher positions, I'm learning that my my I make less decisions, but my decisions are more impactful. So as a result, it's okay to take time to make those decisions, right down to take a second, think about what's just being said or what's transpired, and deal with it, right? Or just hey, I need 15 minutes, and I'll and we'll come sort that out. So it's it's definitely yeah, it definitely has had its challenges more for me than her, and I think you know she's re-entering you know, a full-time working role outside of sport, you know, inside of where there's multiple departments across two continents, opposite time zone <laughs> that yeah. she's trying to connect the bridge with. And then I'm 95% of my time is really built and focused inside of the construction world. And, you know, five to 10% of my time really is living in the tequila. So it's, it's you know, I think we're learning how to balance it um, together. Um, but I think there's definitely more on my part that, you know, continues to learn on how to make it better just because I am so, you know, focused and a lot of my time and energy is absorbed in in that other world still and will be, for, you know, for the foreseeable future. So, yeah, it's, I, I love it because what I, you know, one part of what I do now in the construction company, you know, is, you know, we're really, really blessed. I think there's close to 250 people in my organization now and to see people grow and to be in a position now where, you know, I'm really mentoring and allowing people to make, decisions and being part of their decision-making process and really to see them grow and mold. You know, I, there's part of me that now gets to see that with Jess, you know, she re-enters and she's learning a lot of things, you know, that she just hasn't been exposed to. So more than capable, but, you know, like anything, it takes time. So I get a lot of fulfillment seeing her have, you know, have those wins, even as small as sometimes they are. And I see her get, you know, really excited by something that she's done that to me, I'm like, that's something really simple to do, but I know for her, that's a big step towards, you know, her growth, you know? So it's about really enjoying and reflecting and seeing her small wins. And I think really remembering to, to acknowledge those has been really important for me. So 
like you said, I'm by far from fucking perfect and I'm still learning. And I think it's, it's definitely been challenging, but it's, um, it, 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 there's, there's, I think there's definitely more pros to pros and cons. It's um at the very start, I did say before we sort of said this idea to Shane and to see, make sure that he was, you know, in agreement with us. But I said to Jesse, you know, this is going to take me a couple of months to get a handle on, like, are you willing to be that person that I can lean on? Because if not, that's fine. I'm just going to find someone else within the company. I'm not going to not do it. But I wanted to make it very clear that can you be that person for me? And I, you know, the communication of get ready because I'm going to need you for at least three to six months and, and, and throughout the entire time. But, you know, mostly in those, in those very, you know, the starting months. Um, so I gave him plenty of warning. And then if he did get angry or if he was a little bit short, I would remind him, remember, he he would help me, (laughs) you know, because sometimes I think he loses that, um, you know, that's what he's actually doing. He's actually teaching me and he is mentoring me. You know, because it is hard to find that, that I'm not the employee, I, but but to, but I really sort of not an employee, but I'm an owner, someone who's learning as well. But he looks at me as you know his partner and just you know wants to cut it. So I think sometimes also when we get on the phone, I will literally say, "Okay, we're talking about work right now," and he's like, "All right, let's do it. Fifteen minutes, and we'll go for it." And then when we finish, we're like, "That's it. We will not speak about work no more." Like if someone starts it, we'll be like, "Nope." another time we will really we will really cut it we'll make sure that we we separate the two um and that's something we had to learn by the way did it just happen yeah. from the start because i would literally especially you know i'm in the us right now or you know i travel quite a bit when i'm there um domestically you know and first thing in the morning she or I, one of us would start talking about work the first thing we would do is like whoa, whoa, whoa tap the brakes i like no let's not do that how are you you know let's <laughs> yeah. just 15 minutes, you know, it, it, so it's, it's, it's been a lot of learning, right? And I think we're growing towards making that healthier. Um, but yeah, I just want to make that really clear. That wasn't like another, that. another big one as well is that um, because it's the company that we both, you know, co-own is uh, I have to say, if I'm, if I'm get, getting advice about to say people within the company, I'll be like, okay, pretend I work for a completely different company. Pretend I work for Walmart and I'm talking about people in Walmart. Like don't, Pretend you don't know these people and I don't work in the same company as you. And then it changes the whole dynamic. He's able to give me a better response. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's definitely been things that we've learned along the way. It's actually more about how I approach him because it's the same shit but just different wording. <laughs> and so, and Jesse's very touchy, so I have to make sure that I, I, I approach him right. And I'll Why be does able everyone to- say that? Everyone says I'm touchy, <laughs> I'm a hard ass. They, I'm a nice guy. I could ask you the same question. You're a nice guy. In two, different, in two different ways, and there will be shitty Jesse and there will be nice Jesse. Like, oh, it is gosh. insane. So, yeah. Just to be, just to be <laughs> so, clear. I guess- not in the construction office at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you, would know, you would know that very clearly. You would know. It would be a very different podcast. It'd be, yeah, the podcast would have went for eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so looking forward, what are the big aspirations or kind of goals, visions for the future of Orlando? We want to put it on the map, right? I mean, we want to be your go-to tequila consumed around the world i mean that's the the end goal i mean we want to be walking in europe one day and see our bottle on a 
on a restaurant table or in a back bar or in a you know in a in the retail store i think that's 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 something that's that's truly i think where you go wow like that's a moment in time where you go it has been worth all the all the blood sweat and tears and all the heartache um because i think that's the that's the time when you you can appreciate that what once started as a as a shitty logo in an office in texas um has evolved to where it is even now like you don't you don't get a chance sometimes to see how quickly it's moving and to just take a moment and go wow like now we're starting to roll out and you know in the arizona uh you know casinos it's ordering you know, 500 cases like before that we would have sold 500 cases in uh, you know a couple of months in australia and those are, that's on one order like it's starting to roll and you you wonder you always hear the stories of these companies on how they how they built so quickly and, and where they went to and you know it, it always seems like a pipe dream but you know we're starting to see it sort of firsthand which is pretty exciting yeah i think you know i think shane touched on a really good point dan that's always been it for me and it's been like that i read a book called 42 below it's a new zealand vodka great book it's called every bastard says no and i just you know it was just you know they were tested at every single corner and you know it's a really successful exit you know for us obviously you know we, we would love to get to a pilot here in the next sort of five years that is sort of the goal and the performer how it's built at the moment um you know but you know we constantly remind ourselves it's not a sprint it's a marathon i think we want to build a, a truly legacy defining organic brand you know will we ever be the biggest probably not i think we understand that it's a very very big market you know there's a lot of room for everyone to be successful and i think you know what major dis distributors don't do is they don't build brands, they buy brands that are built, you know, so we're in the building phase. Um, and I think we generally, you know, and I, and I say this coming off a successful exit of another business, I truly believe we have some of the best people within our business that put forward their best efforts and do what they do almost better than anyone else out there in any other, not just in liquor, but in any other industry out there. I truly, truly, truly believe in our team. And I think, you know, having the right people in the right places all driving towards the same goal. I mean, it's pretty pretty hard to fail at that point. You know, we'll continue to fail forward. You know, every time we we slip up, they'll you know there'll be there'll be continued hardships to come. Um, but they'll make those sweeter moments just that much more sweeter. And I think, you know, getting to that pilot year and you know five to seven years, and I'm sure there'll be an extension of time thereafter. I think you know being able to walk past you know, the back bar in Europe or, you know, you have that, I always call it that Mykonos moment, you know, where you, you, you're in the Greek island somewhere, you're on a holiday and you go through and you see it in the back bar and you go, that, that was us, you know, whether it's five oh, years yeah. ago, 15 years ago, you'd be like, that was cool. You know, like, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's cool. You know, and I think, you know, that for us, for me, and I, I think probably I, I can talk for the collective group here, there'll be those moments where we go, wow, we, you know, we did it, you know, and you see brands do it all the time. You know, we've, we've got personal friends that have got successful brands and doing really well domestically and internationally. And it's, I love seeing that success, you know, and I think if anything, it just drives us to go, you know, it's, it's real. We, we know we can do it. Um, it's not going to be easy. Otherwise everyone would be doing it, but you know, it's, it's, it's all there. To, it's all there for the taking. And I can't wait to have that Mykonos moment. I'd love to know also what your, opinions of like a great life is and the kind of life that you want to build in general like what is success in life to you i'm going first 
<laughs> so for me, what I envision, like, I mean, obviously I am stoked with my life as it is. I mean, I live in Miami Beach, Florida, and probably one of the best buildings on the beach. Um, I cannot complain at all. But when I do think of that, what's next and what, you know, what that is, is um, a beautiful home, not an apartment, <laughs> over apartment living, <laughs> um, my own veggie garden. I want to own goats. I want to keep. Very specific, have, Jess. Oh, very specific. I want goats. I want chickens. I want a rescue donkey. Very specific. <laughs> normal donkey. Yeah. I've thought about rescue. this a lot. All right? What is the donkey's name? I haven't come that far yet. I'll probably have to meet him <laughs> first. But a rescue donkey has to be rescued, though. I don't know why, but it has to be. And I've got to be away from the hustle and bustle. And I've got to have friends and family around me. But so far away from, like, where in what I live now because it's great but I also just I don't know there's just something about being in nature and having all of that around me that just makes me so happy you know so that's what I think about when I think this journey when this journey finally you know comes to its moment and we potentially leave that's where I want to be how do you feel about goats Jesse What what she just explained to everyone was um, all the things I now have to take care of. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> pretty pretty excited about that. You know, for me that that's a two part answer. The first part, and I've always said this, met from even when I didn't have two cents to my name, is a successful life to me is having, based on the the way society is built, is is having enough money to buy freedom to do what I want with my time, to wake up on my own terms, do what I want. It. That, that's as simple as that. You know, I don't need, I don't need a 10 bedroom, 12 bathroom house. I don't need 10 houses across the world. You know, I, I really don't need much to be happy. Um, you know, I, I do do like the finer things in life sometimes, but I also go back to, yeah, okay. I, I enjoy them now, but I know I can't take any of them with me. And I know what truly makes me happy is when I, when I can do what I want when I want simple as that. And that doesn't mean, you know, go to every fancy events and every, you know, major sporting events and go to, you know, it's, it's just about having the luxury to live life on your terms. And I think, again, based on the way society is built, there's a certain amount of money that you need to be in a certain financial position to, to allow that um, to, to really be of, of, you know, come to fruition. You know, and the second part for me to that is I live I always explain it's such a noisy life. There is so much noise in my life. I make less decisions, but my decisions have more impact. And I have to make the right decisions for many, many, there's many people and many layers that now affect my decisions. If they're wrong, they're incorrect. You know, there's people that turn up week to week for a paycheck to support their families, you know, hundreds of them now. I don't take that lightly. You know, I take that with great responsibility. So as a result, there's a, there's, I've, I'm always on, you know, it's 365, 24 seven. I'm always making decisions. I'm always thinking about work. How can it be better? Are we making the right decisions? What's happening in the macro economy? What's happening in the micro economy? You know, are we doing all the right things to ensure that, you know, these guys can continue to turn up and we continue to build what we're building. When all that stops, for me, I, I get, you know, that gives me calmness, you know, so, you know, my, my, my perfect, my perfect end goal is to, to, to buy a 50-foot catamaran and, and sail out to the ocean where I have no ability on how to sail. 
Um, but I, I just have such a connection with the ocean. I just love everything about the marine world. And I think there's so much vulnerability about it. You, you, I'm not in control then. Like it, in a split second, everything can change. And I think for me, that's something that really excites me. There's a time where, you know, we'll sail out with an unknown location. Especially like, with a donkey on board. Yeah, yeah, the donkey's yeah. coming. Just FYI, guys, that was my idea. Um. <laughs> yeah. hey, you're on a farm, mate, with donkeys. Yeah. Mate, I said, I said to him, because obviously we live in Florida, I see it all the time. I'm like, I just want to get on that yacht and just go out. And that's it. Like, that's that's us. Obviously, you can't do that for the rest of your life. Um I mean, you could try. Maybe we could. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, one hundred percent. I'm I'm with him. Like that. Like I said, that was actually my idea originally. I'm like, let's just jump on a yacht and just sail around for a year or two, um, and then move to Costa Rica and get a donkey. There we go. She's got it all <laughs> laid out. Look, Jesse needs something to do. He, he's talking about all this noise, and he can't wait to like you know have all that. Trust me, he needs it because he's as annoying as shit if he doesn't. So <laughs> I've got to get these things and put them in place. So he's able to go, he's got something to wake up for. Oh, oh, the donkey's making noise. I've got to feed it. The goats are hungry. I've got to feed them. And, I, you know, I've actually made this plan for him more so for them myself. Gotcha. This is Shane. a gift for you, Jesse. Um, your priorities definitely shift as you get older. Um, and actually things in your life change of what you're, I guess, what you see as success or whatever. Um, I had a moment in my life a few years ago where, uh, our construction company in Australia went through some turmoil and uh, sort of had to cut the arm off to save the body. Um, and you really know who your true friends are and people that, you know, love and care for you at that point. So you, 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 your whole outlook on life shifts. Well, what's important? Well, what's important is my two girls and my wife and then my friends and, my, you know, two of my best friends are in front of us right now. So you really change your outlook on What's important? What's important is being able to spend time with your friends. I won't have a dime to give to my kids because I'll spend every bit of their inheritance on all my mates. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it's important, I think, first and foremost is can't buy time. Can't buy that back. You can't, as much money as you can, you can't buy your health. So that's the second most important thing. And the third most important thing, I think, is your family and friends, right? I mean, you need to make sure that However that looks, however, whether it's money, whether it's, you know, whether it's no money, whether it's, you know, whatever, however that looks for you, I feel that spending time with the right people is important because you can't get that back again. Mm-hmm. And after all the bullshit and all the struggles we'll do to go through this again, we're going to look back and go, these were the best times of our life. Oh, well, yeah, we're making those memories right now. Yeah. Sure. it gets better. <laughs> I think okay, I hope this is isn't it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end, my friends. <laughs> yeah, but, no, so um, for people who are listening, aspiring entrepreneurs, people who want to start their own business, do you have any advice or wisdom? Since you're such wise people, that you'd like to share based on your experience with Melando and all of your other endeavors. Patience. And sacrifice and when i say sacrifice that is probably singly the most important thing sacrifice 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 that's what's going to get you to where you need to go and continue to believe it's got to start with hope right that's where it starts jordan michael jordan's thing yes starts with hope 
exactly right. Mm. And, you know, I think I feel like we touched on this throughout the entire um, podcast, you know, I, you know, as I said, right, making sure you're writing your own story like this isn't you're not going to find a book and pick it up and know how to do this. Um, you've got to have resilient resilience and, and not be scared of failure. I think, too, um, one thing that I and you see it now as you get older and you can look back when I was 20 years old, I was in America hoping to get a ride, right? driving a race car and that my whole day to day during the week was I'd sat in an office and I'd learn marketing and business to business and showing that you need to give the business back value for asking them for money. I'm like, what's this all about? But you sit there and you're like, why, why is this happening? Why am I not getting the big check and going racing? And then I look back five years later, I started my construction company and all those marketing things I learned in that office that day, I don't have a business degree. I literally I finished grade 12 at Shaler Park High School. Anyone knows who Shaler Park High School knows it's probably, you know, you'd be lucky to make grade 12. So that was a moment in our life that I'm like, I'm thankful that I had that two years in that office where I was learning these skill sets, which I had no idea was going to help us along the way. And now in Volando, on a slightly larger scale, we've got the, we've got, the experience we had in our construction company to make probably sound decisions with Volando that's really helping us navigate our way through the, the next chapter. So you see those things along the way going, life experiences aren't all, don't just think that it's a waste of your time or it's not getting to where you need to be. It's a life lesson that's, but one way or another, it'll make sense. It might not make sense now, but it'll make sense eventually. And a huge thing is, don't pass up opportunities. I mean, it could have been, it would have been so much easier at that time for me and Jesse to have just said, you know what, Shane, we don't want to move to America because we just bought our house. I just got promoted. I just bought a car. There were so many reasons for us to not do it. But because Jesse and I are very similar with our mindset, we're like, hell yeah, let's jump on board. Let's go on this ride. Don't, you know, don't, you, you miss 100% of the opportunities you don't take. Yep. You've got to say yes. You've got to take the leap and you've just got to do it and believe that it's going to be beneficial and just go on that ride. Is it going to be easy? Fuck no. Hell no. <laughs> easy. And it's going to suck a lot. It really, really bad. Other than that, it's pretty fun. Yeah, badly. But, but we look back now and it's hilarious. And we have like some of our best times in life. Like, I mean, I remember painting the office and and Shane, none of the boys told me and we go to dinner and I look in the mirror and I got freaking paint all over my face and in my hair. At that time, I'm wearing like daggy clothes. I'm like, what, what the hell have I done? Like, why are we here? Why are we not in our home, the beautiful home back in Australia? What, why are we doing this? And um, now we look back and I'm like, that was like one of the best moments. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think my, you know, my my longtime coach, best friend, mentor, you know, I owe this guy a lot. You know, my whole Olympic campaign, the reason I got there, he was he was probably the biggest reason, you know, and, and he used to say it every single day, feed the faith, starve the doubt. And, and we're not religious. Faith doesn't mean religious faith. Faith in who you are, faith of what you're trying to do, faith of where you're trying to go, faith in who we're trying to support you. Just just feed the faith and starve all that doubt because 99% of the people are going to tell you every reason why you shouldn't do it. Just mm -hmm. get out there and start, just try, just go, you know, just, just take that step forward, lean in the conversation, shake hands, just start, feed the faith, start it out. I want to finish yeah. with, 
Philando's kind of tagline. So I'd love if you could share what that is and why and what it means. I think we touched on it earlier about wanting the finer things or not or not not being I guess you know, wanting to aspire to have those things that don't mind paying a little bit extra for those things that are a little nicer. Right? Regardless of who you are, regardless if you takes you every dollar to try and buy that or if you can buy it ten times over, but elevate that moment too comes with we want to be there to share those moments in life, whether they're whether they're sporting achievements, life achievements, big or small, whatever they are. Just being there. Just getting through the day, you yeah. know. It could be at five o'clock in the afternoon, noon. Being there for that moment that put your feet up and that's it, day's done. Or it could be you've just been promoted in a you know awesome job that you've you've been killing it for the last couple of years. Or it could be you've won, you know, Nobel Prize. I mean, however big it is, we want to be there for those moments. And may again, enjoying the journey along the way. That's what it's that's what it's about. Elevate the moment. Yeah. Celebrating those little wins. Um, and you know, and it's to like I mean, I, I feel like we did this a lot in, in Dallas when we moved and, and had those small wins with the construction company. And, you know, we'd go out and we'd be like, we're getting a drink. Like we're, and you know, and so funny story quickly, the boys didn't drink tequila. I was the only one that drank tequila. They thought I was <laughs> disgusting. Um, and now we own a tequila company, which is hilarious. <laughs> but, you know, um, you know, elevating those, yeah, those, those moments, those small wins and not necessarily going out and getting wasted, but just having that, something that solidifies and, and and everyone come together and just really go yeah we fucking nailed it today and do you know what do you know what i think was super important when we built this brand is we worked from bottom up right a lot of people when i say that people who develop a brand work from top down when i say top down from base ambassador down don't give a fuck about the product don't give a fuck about what's behind it they care about what's in front of them we were bottom up, right? We developed what we think is an extremely good tasting tequila. It is. We also developed what we believe is probably one of the nicest looking packaging and bottles that you can see. And a um a recent award that we won, I think we've cleaned up with um triple gold. Triple gold. Yeah, Three we did. Triple golds. Yeah. Um, but that that was that's it. You think about this. What's important? Is it important the person that's in front of it or the product from the ground up that we actually, we don't know shit about tequila and we managed to do it because we listened <laughs> to consumer. We listened to what wasn't out there. So we want to bring mm. to you what isn't. So I think that's, that's super important for our message too is we're not, we're not just shoving it in your face and we've got a tagline elevate the moment. It's because we've built something that elevates the moment. You, we created something that fulfilled that moment within us personally, and we're now sharing it with the rest of the world. Yeah, and we and we are our audience, right? So yeah. we've crafted something selfishly that we thought yeah. was was fantastic. Like if we were to drink this, this is how we would want it to be, because we do want to drink it, we do want to celebrate it, right? And again, that's you know that's who our consumer is, that's who our target market is, right? And I think. That's what's been really good. This is, no matter which way you look at this brand, inside or out, it's 100% organic. This is this is us. Every single 
damn detail of this bottle of the profile of the R&D. It's, it's been us, you know, we didn't just walk in to one of the bigger guys where they laid them all out and said, which one do you want to slap a label on? You know, we went through all the profile iterations because we wanted to get the perfect, what we believe was a really superior product to what I believe a lot of inferior products are being represented by major celebrity endorsements out there. And I think when it gets down to it, that, you know, that has its place in the market. People love certain individuals, but there's a point where they go, the quality of this product isn't actually that good. You know, and, and that's why we really stand behind our product. You stand it up with, there with any tequila, and I don't care if it's a $20 tequila or a $300 tequila. I, I believe our stack's up with the best, and I, I, I know it does because we, we built it. Because Jess just touched on it. Shane and I didn't even drink tequila, so it had to be damn good for us to start drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? We could have probably put a $200 price tag on it, but that's not us, right? Mm. I'm not going to go to a restaurant and buy a $200 bottle of tequila. And share it with my mates. I'll go buy a sixty dollar bottle of tequila. So when we look at it, look, when you look at it and strip it back, if we were to put a two hundred dollar price tag on it, that's not us. And that's not our mm-hmm. But is it as good as a two hundred bottle? Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Better. <laughs> awesome. She might be biased. Oh, nah, not at all. Not even a little bit. I love that <laughs> Jess is also sipping on tequila this whole entire time. <laughs> Just yeah, the reposado on ice doesn't even <laughs> well, need us. We've got our coffees. What is that, sustagen? <laughs> oh my god, I've got a pop up of a child. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for your time today. Um, I definitely wanted to share more about Volando, and you guys brought such different perspectives and everything that, like, some of these things I'm hearing for the first time, which is also really cool for me. Um, and I know how busy you all are, so I appreciate it so much. Um, yeah, is there anything else you'd like to leave off with? No, thank you, Jack. I mean, you know, obviously you do an incredible job with what you do with us, and you know we're thankful for everyone on the team. But I, look, we, we we appreciate the time getting to share a bit of our story. I think we don't. You, you never often look back, and you never often reflect. And I think as I'm getting a little older, it's I, I enjoy doing it more. So so thank you, thanks for giving us the time to sort of look back and share some stories, have some laughs, because you know. This is about enjoying the journey and to do that, you sometimes got to stop and reflect on on who we are, what we've done and what we're doing and who we're doing it with, you know, and so thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jack. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ciao. Thanks so much, guys. So that that is it for today. I hope you loved that episode. Please share your story. Give us a tag. Give Orlando a tag too. Um, We would love, love, love for you to follow us along at Philando Tequila on Instagram. And, yeah, thank you so much again. Love ya. Bye.